WBNE. Hello, yokelings. Before we get started today, uh, I just want to tell you a dad yoke. Um, but I can't think of any. So if you think of any, head over to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the great reward tiers we have over there. It's a wonderful platform where you get to support us for making this thing that and hopefully makes your day a little bit better. If you've been with us for a while, then, then you know, I don't know. I'd appreciate a little kickback. I know that when I find creators I like, I like to, you know, buy from the ads they're using or or, or support them on Patreon. So, so you know, I mean, I don't want to, like, guilt you into anything. If you can't do it, it's totally fine. Like, there's literally no hard feelings. But if you are able to, and if it makes sense for you, or, or if there's a family member you want to purchase this for, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Check out all the amazing reward tiers. I will say, this is not a sales pitch. I'm just telling you how it works. Today, the, this episode is coming out, December 2nd, is the best time to pledge because we don't charge your card until January 1st. So you won't get charged until next year, but you get the benefits the moment you pledge. And the reason we do it that way is because I really believe that it's a pledge, that it's it's an agreement that you will support us, which is why we give you that time for free. So if you've ever been thinking about it or you want to try it out, now is literally the best time because you get the entire month of December, which is a long month, uh, to, to try it out, check out the Discord server, the bonus episodes, see if it's something that you really like. Um, and, uh, you know, if January 1st rolls around, you make some resolutions to not spend the money or or what have you, you know, no hard feelings. Well, you don't get access to the stuff anymore, but, but then, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but I think if you pledge on, on Patreon, you'll find value in it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for donating. And uh, let's get on with the show. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're getting our gift. Or maybe we're just saving the miracle. So talk about Bruno. And save la casita. Because today we're bringing you... Encanto. Oh my god, I didn't even think, I literally didn't even think of that. Um, Encanto was directed by Jared Bush and Byron Howard. Who? Byron Howard. Jared Bush and Byron Howard? Who? Jared Bush and Byron Howard? Hey, yo! Jared Bush and Byron Howard. Ariana Grande, little mama, if you see this, come to Coney Island. Take a ride on the spin cycle. We talk about Byron. Uh, this movie came out on November 24th, 2021, which is just five days ago as of this recording. So will there be some recency bias to every bit of scoring we do tonight? Absolutely. Uh, $120 million budget. Got that Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, and then $5 million for something else. Um, $71.1 million box off opening weekend and, and Monday, I think, is included in that. Uh, maybe not. I don't that's know. worldwide, I think. No. that's. Depressing. I just got it from Wikipedia. Okay. 
92% critic rating, 93% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 75 on Metacritic. Can I, I'll say this before I give my score. I could have predicted all three of those scores. Yeah, thereabouts, for sure. I definitely could have predicted it was going to score higher across the board than Clifford the Big Red Nightmare. Uh, I'm a little upset about that. How's Clifford doing? Um, Bad. 52 on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. I'd say that's better than expected. Yeah, 52 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, nope, it's I clicked on it, and now it's playing the trailer. That's the worst thing I ever want to see. 94! percent audience score though that's what i'm talking about that's what's talking about um so not great it is better than uh eternals which has dropped to a 48 percent. has it really yep no freaking way yep there must be something to eternals that like i'm missing that was bad like i i mean i think I a lot of people this. are asking what they're missing when they listen to you talk about eternals uh no almost definitely i'm the one that's wrong but i really liked it so i'm just gonna let myself be ignorantly blissful on that one anyway i've got a negative review here for encanto from sean collar i didn't write down what possessed uh what publication he's from and i don't care anymore and he says ultimately it's just another by the numbers disney flick i would say that that would make it a positive review but whatever well, this review came that's because you're a sheep Christy Lemire from Film Week, uh, KPCC NPR Los Angeles. This review comes out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Christy Lemire says, it's a little trite and hackneyed, but what distinguishes this film somewhat is a delightful, weird streak. And that's apparently a positive review. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you couldn't, it's a 93% you couldn't find a good review. Uh, Sarah Michelle Fetters uh, from MovieFreak.com says, Encanto earns its tears. Uh, three out of four. I would agree with that. Uh, I would not. I did not make me cry in any way. I cried literally from like the moment mm. it started. I don't know where you would have cried, honestly. You don't know where I would have cried? It's a movie about like, no, like the, the royal family. You. I don't know where the royal you would have cried. Do you know where I would have cried? I, I will mean, say this. I don't want to like put you on blast like that but yes i think so <laughs> believe it or not i i think i've sort of got the run of this one on you uh, but i'm not gonna just air your your dirty undies that way uh so you can I say as say, much or as little as you want to but why this movie particularly affected you sir Tyler i will Carlene. say i will say this about this movie the moment that's supposed to make you cry the royal you did not hit me as hard as it could have uh the scene in the river at the end uh yeah with the abuela i did feel like like as that was happening i was like this made me cry more in moana and then i was thinking about that scene in moana made you cry where, more in moana yeah yeah, when agreed. Like, Taka and Moana are there, and like yeah. Moses has parted the Red Sea, and she's doing, and then I cry thinking about that. Yeah, when, uh, so I didn't know much about this movie going in, and me when I, because I, all I've seen is people being like, ah, eh, you know, it either is or is not better than Moana, and I'm just like, that's like a weird like <clears throat> pitting of two things together. And then I saw this movie, and I was like, no, I get it. I get where they're coming from. Like, I don't, it's, it's not, it's not by any means the same movie, nor do I think that it's a ripoff of Moana, but like, I get why that is the thing that comes to people's minds. It would be a ripoff of Moana if Lynn didn't do the music. Like, uh, honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that that, um, that makes it just like another Moana. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's not a ripoff. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think it is, but I definitely get, even aside from Lynn doing the music, I definitely get why people would group them together. So you're going to give me a, a zero out of a hundred? Um, yeah, it's like 85. 85. I think I'm in the nineties. I think I'm in a 96. I figured you would be. I, I loved this. It was very, very good. Um, I, I will say, uh, theater experience for this is the best theater experience I've had post COVID. Interesting. Um, and I'll I'll tell you why I went to a theater in Northern Virginia on opening night, uh, or on black Friday, which is opening day. Mm. Um, but it was like 7 PM. So it was, that sounds awful. Well, it would be, but it was like, it was a, 
It wasn't a Regal, but it was like a Regal with the reclining seats. So you had space between you and the person next to you. I would say it was 95% sold out. And every family, including the one I was with, or the one that I was representing, uh, had like Spanish speakers. And there was like a huge group of Colombians behind me who were just like very jazzed about anything yeah. moderately Colombian in the film. Uh, and so it was it was very, very cool. And to be there with my my Spanish speaking nieces was, yeah. was cool as well. That is that is very neat. This is a, a huge step forward for Disney. Yeah, for sure. Um, to have like an entire song, not in English, not subtitled. Yeah. And there was I, like leaving the film. I would say that I speak Spanish well enough that I could like, if you drop me in Mexico city, I could communicate well enough to get myself to an airport to leave Mexico city. Yeah. I couldn't like, I don't think I could order food, but I could get out of there. Uh, I would say that's my level of Spanish. Yeah. Which is pretty good. I haven't taken a Spanish class since I was 14. I'm 29 today, tomorrow, sure. yesterday, the Wednesday of this week, I'll be 29. Uh, that's like half my life, but you studied Spanish. Uh, there were parts of this movie that like, I didn't understand, not didn't understand, but like would have benefited from subtitles. Sure. Yeah. And I think them not giving them to you is great. No, I agree. I, because I'm with you hundred percent. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't think you were saying that like, yeah, yeah, that you wanted them. Just like, I definitely know. Like, I, you know, I went to the theater to see, uh, to see uh, Shang-Chi and people got, you know, there's a guy next to me that was just like, man, is this whole movie going to be subtitled? And I was like, I mean, yeah, probably a good portion of it. It's about China. I don't even, I don't even remember the subtitles in Shang-Chi. Well, it was, they were there. Oh, I, were there. I know. Now that you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it was. But like, but yeah, like the whole, that, the whole that song that Abuelo sings is in Spanish and like, it doesn't really matter. It's not important to the plot necessarily. I don't know what the song's about. I do know that there is an entire Spanish version of the film and an entire Spanish. Well, that's, I guess that's pretty normal. But yeah, like for, Spotify, for, for Disney and Pixar, that's pretty normal. Yeah. You can listen to the songs in Spanish. Oh, that's cool. Really that cool. is cool. Yeah. With, well, I think they call it the original cast. Which I think is cool as well. Oh, did uh, they get the original cast to like sing all the songs and, and do the movie in Spanish too? No, I think original cast refers to the Spanish speaking cast. Oh, interesting. I don't know if everybody in the... I would assume if Lynn did the music that the casting would pre be pretty smart and everybody in this film was a Spanish speaker. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, I have no... The only one I'd be I'd be interested to know is uh, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo's in this movie? Yeah, he's Bruno. Oh, I love Bruno. So let's... <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm I, now I'm losing my voice. We didn't record last week because you were losing your voice. And now I'm losing my voice. Um, let's let's talk about Bruno for a second. What? Who? Who is Bruno? Not in the movie, like in like in in at Disney. Oh, why? Does who he is up? Bruno? And what did Bruno do to keep getting shut up and shut out? <laughs> yeah, like. Don't talk about Bruno. Silenzio Bruno. Who is Bruno? Best Have you ever met an actual human being in real life named Bruno? No. Uh, I No, I haven't. Have you? I mean, I know it is like a name that exists like across many languages, but... At least Spanish and Italian. And Portuguese. What movie's in Portuguese? There isn't one in Portuguese. There's, I believe there's a, uh, uh, or there was at one point, a, a man on the Brazilian soccer team just named Bruno. That's pretty cool. Like, that was his whole name. I don't know. So, the, yeah, hold on. I, want, I, I do want to talk about Bruno, but I want to bring this up before I forget it. So, the Spanish album is called Encanto. I'm going to butcher this, so I'm just going to say it without any sort of accent at all. Banda Sonora Original in Espanol. Okay. So, what does that translate to? I'm, I mean, I'm guessing that that is the term for, like, original soundtrack. Uh, I will say... How long after the movie was over were you like, Madrigal, magical. Oh, I get it. Um, before the movie got five minutes in. Really? Yeah. No way. You're very clever. You're what very What smart. is a madrigal? I can't remember. 
It's a, it's a song. I thought it a magic. What's an encanto? An enchantment. Oh, I thought it was a song. No, that's a canción. Huh, huh. And I'm so an, much. Is, I believe an encanto means enchantment. Now, you studied Argentina. How much did you study Colombia? Uh, almost none at all. Okay, so this <laughs> there was nothing we were like, ah, yes, I remember this from Colombian literature. I mean, we definitely read some Colombian authors, and it wasn't that wasn't like a, a very national identity kind of thing. It was more like they had like movements. Who had movements? Colombian like Latin American authors. Ah. So there, there was like I, group, multinational groups. I will <laughs> say this about Latin American authors and the fact that you have a degree in, in Latin literature, Latin American literature. Uh, yeah. Is that like the, the, the thought that there are other languages that have classics that just don't translate yeah. to English is like mind blowing to me. Yeah, and that a good amount of like the, the classics are not in English originally. Yes. And we're like French or Russian or. You're talking about Tolstoy. Talking about Tolstoy, talking about Dostoevsky, talking about. Yeah. Uh, Everybody that's been French. Yeah. Pierre Boulle. <coughs> um, I don't know that the Planet of the Apes is a classic, but it is an amazing pre-NASA sci-fi book. Yeah. No. So this Post is, uh, so the, the, the Latin American authors of, of the early 1900s are credit, known as creating something called magic realism. Um, which is like a, a, a thing that isn't, it is a genre of stuff that isn't really designed or defined in American, uh, literature and the American canon, but it is basically the, the framework that Walt Disney worked off of. Really? Yeah. So, so it's the idea that like, here. what'd you say? So we're kind of coming full circle. Here. We're kind of coming full circle here. It's definitely, uh, Disney paying their dues to some, some uncredited, um, usage of, of ideas and stuff. And this is very much falls in that vein. And it's based on everything that I read in college, it's done very well um there's you know the idea is like most things are the same or similar to the world we live in except for a few distinct differences that outline the rules of the piece of fiction right and, and it's that, just in sort this of case is it's generally the treated, same but there's a family that can do magic and every everything's the same except in this village there's one family that can do magic and they live in a magic house and they live in a magic house that thinks and feels yes um and for the entire movie to take place basically inside the house is very latino um really in in that uh especially yeah south american literature periods um, yeah, no, it's, it's cool stuff. You should, you should check out you, the listener should definitely, um, and I haven't done all that much of it this year in my great year of reading. It is sort of on my goal list for next year. Um, but read things in translation from time to time. Like it, it is a uniquely American idea that I hate that we assume that the only good things written or made or written or made in English. Well, but the, on the flip side of that, I cannot imagine a Colombian high school where they read The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Like, Las Adventuras de sure. Huckleberry Finn. Um, I don't know that they do because that's like, that's like an American, like an American story, right? Like, right. Yeah. Like, it's like not Huckleberry particularly Finn necessary. Rolls down a river with a, with a former slave. It, you're, it, especially these days, it is our history. It is not their history, right? It is right. It is of no benefit to introduce Colombianos to American racism, right? Like, <laughs> they're going to get plenty of it on their own if they ever right. try to visit America. Yeah. But like Hollywood and 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 the great American novel and, you know, the American dream and all these ideas are, are there's nothing particularly wrong with them, but it is a very um nobody in this story wants to move west. Nobody At in this no story wants to move anywhere. And anywhere ever. Not even Bruno. Dude, I will say, even Bruno. Oh my God. You didn't cry when Bruno was like, yeah, I sat at the table. I didn't cry. No. Ugh, I cried a lot. Just openly wept. Yeah, no, I just, this one just didn't get to me. It made me a little bit mad for a while almost, but that's just because of a, of a unique, um, 
issue that I'm facing in my family life right now. How so? Or do you not want to delve? I don't know. Maybe later on in the podcast, in the episode, I will get into to the, the weekend that I had. All right. But um, yeah, the, the abuela is a real jerk for most of it. Yeah, but like that's like her character is that she's a jerk and doesn't realize it. Like that's the whole. Yeah, but journey. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Well, yeah, I don't think it's okay. Uh, yeah, I I'm with you. It didn't make me feel good when she like apologized. You felt like it was kind of like a Snape thing, where it's like, no, you don't get to apologize. Yeah, you don't really get to apologize, right? Like there is no you were, you you this bullied sin. this girl for like a, probably a decade. Yeah, just for for something that she didn't do. For something that like yeah that like. She had literally no control over. She didn't whatsoever. get picked by your candle, right? But and also, this is what I thought was so interesting. I picked up on this right away. Was that Abuela Alma also doesn't have a gift? Like this to me yeah. was the immediate. Oh, Mirabel will save the house. Yeah, because well, I mean, Abuela I could have told Alma. you that Mirabel was going to save the house. For, well, yeah, as soon as I knew the premise, I was like, oh, Mirabel saves the house. Cool. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> like, like they they didn't get any they didn't get one by me in this movie, right? Like. <laughs> That's not oh. the point of... No, I know, but I mean, that was... To me, that was like heavy foreshadowing of like, they're all curious about Mirabelle's power, but nobody's asking about Abuela Alma's power, uh, which I, I thought was very interesting. Also, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, the, like... Two of the parents don't have powers because they married in, right? I'm losing you there, buddy. Losing connection? Connection, yeah. I said two of the parents don't have powers because they married into the family, right? Right, yeah. Uh, moves. Yeah, the aunt and Mirabelle's mom don't have powers. Mirabelle's no, mom has powers. No, their husbands don't have powers, sorry. Yeah. Their husbands don't have powers. Um, Do you have a favorite song? Yeah, um, I don't know the names of any of them because I just got back from the movie like a couple hours ago. Uh, but I like the one that um, the strong sister sings a lot. Oh my Surface gosh. pressure. Yes. It was just an absolute banger of a song. Yeah. I was like, Lynn went out on this one, guys. Like, Actually, it's just funny. I'm surprised you say that so with such recency because when I walked out of the theater, I was like, I don't know if I liked that one. But since then, I've listened to it like 15 times and I love it. Oh yeah, no, that was, that was the one in the movie. There was a couple in the movie where I was like, okay, this is really cool what you've done here. Yes. I also, so I'm watching the movie, what does Mirabelle mean? What? Miracle? Uh, what does Mirabelle mean? What does Mirabelle mean? mean? No, Mirabelle is not Miracle. Oh. I think it's just a name. Does it mean the 1980 United States hockey team? No. Uh, it means <coughs> wondrous. I liked her glasses. I actually, so... I oftentimes want to point out how lead characters almost never wear glasses, uh, but like you can't say that because Harry Potter wears glasses. So it's like, well, actually, Tyler, Harry Potter wears glasses and Carl from Up. And it's like, you so freaking missing the point. Okay. Superman's not Superman until he takes his glasses off. Shut up. Okay. Go on. Mirabelle Go on. wears glasses. And I, I love that about her. Yeah. Um. And the, the actress that plays her is like legally blind. Is she really? Yeah. I mean, she is like, like legal. She's not blind. She's like, can't drive a car, especially without her glasses. Really? Yeah. Stephanie Beatriz. Yeah. I'd never heard of this woman before. She was in In the Heights. And Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. And the Lego Movie 2. Well, a lot of people were in the Lego Movie 2. She was uh, 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 in Bob's Burgers. Uh, does a lot of TV, it looks like. Yeah. She was the... Uh she was the gay salon girl in In the Heights, the young oh, one. Oh, Carla. Sure. Can you sing off the off the dome? Can you sing tonight from West Side Story? No. Tell me, is it this one that goes like tonight, tonight? Yeah, that is okay. tonight. Uh, I could sing if... tonight, tonight by Hachelle Ray. No, no, no. I actually have a better one. Um, what if in you're watching Steven Spielberg's West Side Story dialed in, right? I mean, I don't think I'm going to be dialed in. I know. The whole time I'm going to be like, that's Ansel Elgort. I, no, it's not even. I just think it looks like 
dog poop. Well, suppose you dialed in, right? And you're like, I'll, I'll do my when best. You're a, jet, you're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last eye in day. And you keep watching and they get to the Tonight song where, where Maria sings Tonight. But instead of singing that, as soon as she opens her mouth, it's 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Like, put your pinky fingers to the moon? Yeah, but like it starts with that like, Tonight. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Like with the vocoder and everything. Yeah. And she just hops out the window like, put your piggy finger to the moon. And it's it's like, and then Anderson Pack is in the background just like falling on the ground and stuff. Yeah. Not to be dramatic, but I want to die. This B word. I think that would improve the movie tenfold. And that's like the only part that's different. Like everything else is the original. I will say this about the stupid freaking West Side Story ads, the commercials. Yeah, the that they're awful. In that they're awful because West Side Story has that motif. The Like the whole thing is based off the tritone, right? Yeah. Like the whole show is like Romeo and Juliet are this tritone. Yeah. And it's not in the preview at all. Yep. I, I like... Even like the way they did the beginning where they like in the, I don't know if it's on the stage show, but they're like whistle and then snap in the original movie. That is the tritone. Yes. That is in the stage show. Okay. I don't know. The, the, that is one of the best movie musical adaptations ever. I've seen it on stage. Did you yeah. know? That? Didn't they do it at CNU? I saw it at the, at the Roanoke Civic Center. Hmm. The, perhaps it was the Berglund Center at the time. I don't think it was. I don't know. Hasn't been the Berglund Center that long. It's It happened in my lifetime in the past 29 years. It happened in the last like five years. No, I know. But me seeing it was in my lifetime. The West you Side seeing Story. West Side Story? Yeah. It'd be yeah. pretty wild if you saw West Side Story Before 40 years my ago. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Leonard Bernstein is a musical genius for sure. Like it's just not in the freaking thing. And, and like, I don't know. I was very upset. I just think if you're going to do this, you got to do it right. And if you're going to do it right, you got to do it right. That's what the overture sounds like. Ah. Beep, burp, beep, burp. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Imagine this West Side Story, but with music by Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, it's called In the it, Heights. Oh yeah, is yeah, they did that In the Heights. Um, uh, Abuela Claudia. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not actually Romeo and Juliet, but it is like people that don't really belong together in New York. Star by Lin Manuel Miranda. I'm, pr- I'm so proud of Lin. Hold I'm on, very Hamilton proud. is is Romeo and Juliet, but Eliza. No, it's not. In, but at all. But instead of Juliet dying, she opens the orphanage. Right, and instead of uh, their family is not allowing them to be together, she shows up, and Philip's like, "You've been out with my daughter twice. Yeah, sure. Wrote her a bunch of letters. You can marry, she, her. You can marry her. I sign off on that. Um, and then he cheats. Hey, go on to her. war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he cheats on her with uh, with with Peggy's body double. Yep, looks just like Peggy. And then Anthony Ramos cheated on Peggy, and they broke up. And Peggy. That's like today's news. Yeah, that that Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Stevens Jones are no more because Anthony Ramos cheated on her. Hate that for him. Jazz about to release the Ramos pamphlet for sure. <laughs> anyway, what was your favorite song in Encanto? I Encanto. really like. I love the opening number a lot. Same. A lot, a lot. Good, good one. That's that's Maribel's gift, honestly, is being is able to break singer. out into song. Uh, so that, that's actually what I was gonna say. Was like I couldn't tell if it happened, but it seemed like a lot of times in musicals when they break out into like like take a High School Musical for example when they break out into like song and dance it doesn't impact the plot like the positions they take while they're singing and dancing the words can impact the plot but like 
The dancing does not usually impact the plot. Right. Like, it's just, it's it's part of the storytelling. And I thought what was going to happen was that, like, it was, I thought it would be a really interesting twist if, like, I don't think it would be better, but an interesting twist if, like, three quarters of the way through the movie, we discovered that every time Mirabelle's breaking into song, she's, like, actually breaking into song and going to these, like, otherworldly sets of, you know, outside of the Encanto and, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that would be an interesting reveal. Uh, but no, she just sings. She just sings. Everybody sings. Yeah, like, both of the sisters songs a yeah lot. oh man i can't talk enough about the uh uh like kim kardashian learns to present like uh learns to make a cactus learns to make a cactus yeah oh, what an amazing learns song. to make something beautiful but not symmetrical no she says i don't care about beautiful i care about real or something like that oh i gotta find out what the lyrics are no i don't care about perfect oh god they're singing happy birthday we want to lay down and cry waiting on a miracle ah uh, the family madrigal we don't talk about bruno what was the name of that song that the sister sings what else can i do oh yeah yeah i just made something sharp i just made something unexpected something sharp something new it's not symmetrical or perfect but it's beautiful and it's mine what else can i do what else can i do yeah both of those are really good songs lynn definitely went in on this one and i and i'm glad for him and he i'm very proud that he didn't insert himself into it i thought that she i thought that he would i actually was very surprised when like he wasn't Bruno or wasn't yeah even like a small character uh I thought he'd be the uh the love interest oh um uh, Fabio or whatever some something with an M there's a lot of characters in this there's a ton of characters in this like named characters yeah oh waiting on a miracle what a banger I love this one the chorus and waiting on a miracle which is her first song right when uh the the Mariana the cousin Mariana no no Mariana is the love interest I know when the little cousin gets the gift and and she does the aside to the audience uh where she says i can't move the mountains i can't make flowers bloom i can't take another night up in my room waiting on a miracle i can't heal what's broken can't control the morning rain or a hurricane can't keep down the unspoken invisible pain always waiting on a miracle a miracle she literally does every single one of those things before the movie's over yeah like she moves the mountains she makes the flowers bloom she uh doesn't take another night up in her room because now the little cousin is no longer there and she was like what i loved about her room when they revealed that where she was staying was the nursery i was like oh that's so good yeah that's so good like you think she doesn't have a power and she's staying in the nursery what are you crazy i mean it, it is it is very um on the nose right like there's there's not a lot of it's it's a fairly low stakes movie and i think it really uh succeeds from that case right like it, it's not trying to do anything that it can't do I, yeah i think it wants to be a message that that young girls or young any but really anybody can see and say i identify with this and yeah. I don't think it has to be like, you know, I'm trying to think of an example that's that's more deep or challenging to relate to. I think it's hard to relate to Romeo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Right. Like, like I think it's hard to be like, yeah, I would kill myself for my teenage love. <laughs> right. And like Mirabelle doesn't have a love interest in this movie. That doesn't matter. Right. Like she just needs to repair right. the family. Right. She has to fix her relationship with her direct sister because they never got along. And her cousin who who, despite being charismatic and helpful, doesn't have any close relationships and has her own problems to do. Right. Ah, surface pressure was such a good banger of a track. Yeah. Yeah. That was the that was definitely the moment where I was like, oh, we, we're, we're, we're getting something here. Right. Like this isn't just just about Mirabelle finding her gift. Yeah. That is definitely what I thought the movie was going to be about is that she was going to have to find her gift to save the house. Yes. I thought, so when I, when the moral ended and it was like, you don't need your gifts, the house is, you know, magical with all of us together. You know, it's not about 
super strength or the ability to make flowers. This Encanto can be its own town without any of that. I was like, okay, I'm very okay with that storyline. And and I think the the value of the gift is one of those things. What, what's that line in uh uh that's that Jerusalem song? Oh, there's a lot of lines in that song. I know, I know. But uh oh, who sings that? Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne. When I tell you that I love you, don't test my love. Accept my love. Don't test my love. Maybe I don't love you all that much. He has a line in there uh, where he says, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. Yes, I think you heard me right. I'm the Messiah. I was going to wait till next year, build up the suspense a little, make it a really big surprise, but I could not resist. Uh, no, that's not even the line I'm thinking of. What do you think we came here for? Our goddamn health or something? I said time is relative. Or did you misread Einstein? I don't even know if this is the song I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't know what you're about. Uh, this is not this song. Um... What I'm thinking of is that there's a song similar to that where it's like, my love's the kind of thing. Oh, it's a Bo Burnham song. My love's the type of thing that you have to earn, but when you earn it, you don't need it. But his song is the same same concept. It's not from inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's from God's perspective. And uh, my love's the type of thing that you have to earn. And when you earn it, you won't need it. That's the move. But then she earns it and she gets it. And I actually kind of like that. I was like, okay, I really do feel like she's owed something. I don't care if it's not a gift, but like, I think she should get a door. Yeah. And she gets a door. She gets the whole house. She gets the whole house. She gets the whole house. The new abuela. Yep. And she gets to pass on the line. <sighs> it's a good one. It's a good movie. Um, I know that Disney and Pix Disney Animation and Pixar are not the same thing, obviously. But like this movie shares a lot with Luca. And Monsters Inc. Well, yeah, that's just the door thing though. Yeah. But like that's all. I don't know. They just, they're both very like, they're smaller movies from both of those studios, yeah. right? Like this, again, this whole movie takes place inside of a house, right? It's not Frozen. It's not Moana. It's not a grand journey to save the world. It's about one girl trying to save her house. It's a very like, I mean, obviously we, none of us have magic and, and there's a lot of allegory going on here, but like, that's, that's a thing that you can like get pretty easily, right? It's like doing something for your family, doing something for your home. Yes. Like that's, that's very, um, attainable sort of goals. And I think that's, I think that's important for these, these Disney movies, these young, young audience focused sort of like didactic films, right? To show yeah. kids that like, you don't have to be a prince or princess. You don't have to be a hero. You can just be like a cool, nice kid that, that people like that wears glasses and maybe is a fish monster. Um, oh, it is gay and is definitely gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Luca. Now I don't, I, if, if Mirabelle is gay, I didn't catch that. Well, I mean, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't have like a non-familial relationship in the movie. Yeah. I will say, so uh talking to you about this, I'm I'm somebody who's very family oriented. Um, but you are somebody who I wouldn't say you're not family oriented, but you you I have my own more, complicated and interesting family journey. Yes, and you exist more in the found family realm than For sure. Uh than I do. I have a very large traditional family. Um so I do think it's interesting watching this and thinking about sort of Projecting your perspectives and maybe I'm wrong here uh, of like, I, you know, if my grandmother was that mean to me. I just wouldn't go to dinner. But you would is the thing. I, I would. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Yeah, you're correct. 100 percent. Yeah. Huh. That was the argument I had with my dad's sister this weekend is that she tried to get in my face and being like telling me I don't deserve to be part of the family. And I'm like, cool. I, I get to decide that. Like, it's my name. Sorry. Right. And she was just being a royal, uh, royal B word about it. And like, we got into a huge argument. I mean, we, we've never had a healthy relationship. He, her and my dad never had a healthy relationship. And she has very much tried to, to cling on in some parasitic way after his passing. 
Um, and she's not particularly mentally sound and takes that out on other people. And it's like, it's not a cool situation, right? It's, it's not something I enjoy dealing with or being a part of. And she has ways of getting them under, under my skin about it that I don't like letting her in. So like, she doesn't feel like family to me, right? Like that the people I choose to spend my life with don't treat me that way. Right. They, I, they don't know. You know, I don't I don't hang out with people that feel like they make me feel like I owe them something because of our relationship together. And not even because of our relationship, but because of some arbitrary thing like uh, like your former last name. Right. So that that's why the, this relationship with Abuela kind of pissed me off of like she made Mirabelle feel so bad for so long. And Mirabelle still felt like she needed to apologize. To prove herself. Yeah. To, to prove herself. Yeah. And that sucks. That does suck. <laughs> but that's again, I, that's me projecting my own situation onto a different situation. And and I think the flip side of that, and, and I don't think as a parent, the mentality that I try to have, and I'm sure I will mess this up at some point, but the mentality I try to have is like, I love my kids and I owe them everything and they owe me nothing. And I try to like, my kids are not young or, or my kids are young and they don't ask for right. anything that I like. <laughs> they, they do not have the capacity right now for, oh, right. Uh, but like, like one thing, my daughter is not like super cuddly, kissy, affectionate. Yeah. Um, like she's not super physical touch. Uh, she'll get, if she's really tired, she'll sort of cuddle up next to me and watch TV. But like a lot of times I'll be like, Olivia, can I have a kiss? Good night. And she'll say no. And like the conversation stops there. She doesn't owe me anything. She yeah. doesn't have to give me a kiss. That's totally fine. Um, and, and she's old enough that she can say yes or no. And there are times where she says yes and yeah. times where she says no. And I don't think it's out of any point of malice or anything, but like, I think I, I can totally understand culture where yeah this arbitrary relationship you have with your aunt is one thing Mirabelle lives in a house with the rest yeah. of her family. You no, know, for sure. so I think I think the the discussion of carrying your weight, she's grown into adulthood. Uh, I'm not saying that she's justified in feeling this way at all, or that uh, Abuela Alma is justified in any way for the way that she treats her. But I do think that like obviously there's a different dynamic here where these people are around each other all the time. Sure, but I honestly think that that's what makes it worse though, is because like this person has never bothered to get to know Mirabelle as a person. That's actually what I think is the worst part about it is that she did get to know Mirabelle and that like the day before Mirabelle's 10th birthday she was like you're gonna do great it like, right. doesn't matter what the gift is it'll match something as unique as you you're amazing it almost seemed like they were closer than anyone else yeah and then she cuts her and I hate that I do hate that did you get a um before you saw this movie did you get a and I'm sure you did a short about raccoons yeah I cried at that cry. I'll tell yeah. you that much I cried at that yeah. but I think it is definitely um I would say this just real quick while you're gathering your thoughts I'll say this about the short about raccoons the uh my nieces who I was with did not understand the concept of a short before a movie and I had no idea how to explain it to them they're like what is are we at the right movie and I was like no yeah we are they, they just this is like a little movie they play before the big movie and they were uh, but like I had to be like shh this is full theater we can't talk about this right now but yeah. like yes this, <laughs> this only normal. happens when it's the studio but like it's fine just let it go <laughs> These movies are very long. They're really stalling for time here. Right. <laughs> you got a friend in me. Yeah. No, but I think that this, uh, it almost felt like that, that, you know, looking back on it, the raccoon short, uh, far from the tree or whatever it's called, um, was like designed to go with this movie because it yes. is about a raccoon that is, it's about three generations. Yeah. It's about three generations of raccoons. And it's specifically about the middle generation that learns to parent differently than his father did. Yes. And like, I definitely think that we see that in this movie of like, Mirabelle is not going to be like that to the next generation of people. Correct. 
Rightly, she's not going to cut her, cut anybody out because they don't have the gift or whatever. Right. The gift is, is, is niche. Is yeah. The gift, I mean, obviously it was celebrated, but like yeah. the, when, when they took the family picture in the, in the little cousin's room and, and Mirabelle wasn't in it and like nobody said anything, I was like, yeah. I hate you people. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. I was watching this movie like this has got to be. This had to have weighed on Tyler. It did. <laughs> it was it was rough. But and it I think good. it's I think it's interesting because I guarantee you both you and your brothers all came away from this movie feeling attacked in a completely different way. Uh I don't know. I mean I don't think Ben's don't seen know. it, but I know um Onward hit me similarly. Yeah. Um so this was I've made this comparison to my head and I think it is from my own ignorance, but okay. I keep trying to compare Encanto to Coco. Okay. And what I love is that I don't know that there's a ton there. <sighs> I could be wrong. Maybe I don't remember the plot of either of them as I'm talking out loud right now, but like Coco has a lot of the, a lot of similar elements, right? Where it's like, there's an abuela and he's got to go do something to something. I guess the, the, the difference in Coco and Encanto is that in Coco, uh, Miguel is... Miguel, yeah, is, that his name? is the only one that has powers. Yes, and Encanto Mirabel is the only one without powers. Yeah, there's not really a lot there, honestly. I mean, I get why you're making that distinction. I think, I mean, but... they're they're both draw from you know Latin American influences, and that's yeah, like that's that's speaking, about the like, the, but like the, even that is such like a ridiculous like like we are much closer to where Coco would have taken place than Coco would be to Colombia. I don't think that's true. No, I don't know where Colombia is, but I guess what I'm saying is we are Colombia is to, very northern South America. Where do you think Coco takes place? Mexico. Where in Mexico? Uh, I I don't know. El Paso. El Paso's in Texas. The Mexico side. That's called Juarez. Juarez. I don't think that uh, uh Coco <laughs> takes place in Juarez. Uh, uh, I think that it would be a very different movie, right? Well, I guess what I'm saying is like my own ignorance is is lumping together Mexico all the way down to, in my mind, like Argentina. And yes, that's like Latin America, but that's like over half of the planet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And for, for you to be like, they both have an abuela is a little bit wild. <laughs> right. Of like, so, yeah, lots I, of movies got grandmas, I, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I, I mean, yeah, there's I, definitely a difference in the um, the abuela as the the matriarchal matriarchal figure in the you know these families. There's definitely a, a line there. Um, and overall, I think this one this movie does a better. And this is not for me to say because neither of them are my culture. They're just cultures that I have studied. But I, I think personally that that this does a better job of sort of the representation than Coco did. Really? Yeah. I, I like, again, yeah. That's that's not something for me to judge on. But but I thought Coco did a, a, I have no idea. From my perspective, it felt A lot immersive. of folks not super, super, super happy with Coco sometimes. Really? Yeah. Not, we already covered it, and it's not something we really need to get into here. Um, sure. Other than to say, like, again, we've said it a million times, right? We are two white dudes talking about a movie not made for us. Uh, this movie was made for me. I don't care what you say. Okay, but, like, <laughs> yes, it was. This is a, it's a, a Disney musical, right? It's made for everybody. But, like... Right. <laughs> It is there are there are cultural traditions at play here that we do not understand f to yes. the full letter of the law. Um, yes. And there are references and there, there were even times and in this in movie that are not simply not for us. Right. Not things that we're supposed to get. There were even times during, while I was watching the movie when I, I couldn't pinpoint one now, but I remember feeling like I don't understand why what's happening is happening. Sure. And I know it's a cultural thing. Sure. And uh, I do know that they cook in this movie, which means that binging with Babish is going to do episodes on this. Nice. Great news. <laughs> yeah. About the uh, the empanadas that can heal wounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Mom, you just healed really? my cut with an empanada con queso. <laughs> <laughs> and like literally, oh. literally, why is the whole family gaslighting her? 
like at the when she first sees the cracks and like Abuela sees the cracks and it, like gets in her face about it. That was the moment where I was like, are you are you kidding me? You kidding me, woman? I have recently been and I, like, I don't have kids to not listen to, but like I have recently been very fed up with the adults don't listen to younger people trope in fiction. Like it's just it's really, weird, really, really started to grind my gears recently. It's real. Yeah. I wish that it, it wasn't real. I try to listen to young people, especially when they're like adults. Yeah. Like if an 18 year old tells me something, I feel like I should listen. Yeah, they're 11 years younger than me. But I guess it's just because like, I've, I've read a lot of books this year and like so many works of fiction have this like, oh, you're young. You don't know anything. Uh, You're reading Percy Jackson right now, aren't you? I am. Yes. Yeah, that happens a lot in those a books, lot if I recall in those. correctly. Man, I just read Sea of Monsters. That book sucks. That book sucks. God. Like, I, that I, was a I liked the first one a lot better than I was expecting to, right? Is the first one the one where they go to the arcade, to the casino? Yes. Okay. Where they do their great road trip across America to get to hell that is a record right. label, to get to Hades that is a record label in, in LA. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the second on the, the second one is like, the, you know, they, they sail into the Bermuda Triangle on Blackbeard's pirate ship. And I, I I said in the group chat, like, this isn't a complaint about it being juvenile, but it's a little magic tree house for me, where it's just like, that's some very magic tree house storytelling. We're like, we're I, gonna go to the Titanic tonight. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh, that's the one where uh 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 what's the the antagonist half blood? Was his name like Lucas Luke. or Josh or something? Luke. Luke. Where he has like a cruise ship. Yeah. That he keeps showing up on. Yeah. Like he's just driving the, a cruise ship. The princess ship. Andromeda. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. I, I've given people crap for liking Percy Jackson before. Like whatever you like. I don't even care anymore. Uh but yeah, the second one was rough. The second one was rough, yeah. Even just like 30 minutes into the third one, I'm like, this is better. Is the third have you met the Cyclops yet? Yeah, that's the second one. That's the second one. That was perhaps my least favorite. Yeah, of and I think that, that that's just because of the audiobook. Honestly, the narrator's just like it's got that voice for the Cyclopses. Yeah. Where he's like, Percy, I want to be your friend. And I'm like, yeah. shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Uh, classic. That and the chapter titles are the things that bug me the most. Oh, the chapter titles are the chapters the first, all have a stupid title. The first chapter is something like, I get in a sword fight with my algebra teacher. I accidentally vaporize my pre-algebra teacher. That's the worst. And it's like, it's all present tense for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about Percy Jackson here. Um. Yeah, no, this movie was an absolute delight. Uh, I'm glad they made it. I'm glad we watched it. I enjoyed it very, very much. Um, are you gonna are you gonna see it again in, in theatres? No, no. You watch it. On, I on simply do not have time between now you and the time that it will leave theaters. You can watch it on the Disney Plus box when it comes out. Um, probably, but I haven't. I don't think I've rewatched a movie in two years. Did you take Caitlin to see this? No, she was go, she was working. You flying solo on this one? I was flying solo in this one. It was I was the only person in the theater. Oh, see, that would have affected my movie going experience. So tell me, where does this rank in like? I was talking to somebody today and they were like, oh, what's that? And I was like, you haven't, whatever. I don't think this conversation is going to go the way that, that, that I would expect it to go. We're coming from a completely different angle. If you've never heard of this movie. Uh, well, I, like, oh, I mean, to be fair, new- uh, they, the, uh, the, uh, advertising for this movie was whack. For sure. $71 million worth of whack. Yeah, that's not that great. If it's domestic, it is. Yeah. But either way, like, it, it is, it was, it was not as poorly advertised as Luca, but it was close. Yeah. I mean, like, when they were just like, oh, by the way, there's a new Pixar it was like, movie out. It was like, I remember the teaser trailer getting announced, and then, um, you know, the, I remember the thing getting announced and seeing the teaser and all that, and then it just dropped off the face of the earth entirely. For months, right? You talking from, about this one? This one, yeah. Yeah. 
for months. And then the trailer comes out, or I see the first the trailer for the first time, and I'm like, oh man, the movie looks great. It'll be great to see it in like the spring. And it was like coming out Thanksgiving, and I was like, that is three weeks from now. I uh, I don't know that I'd seen a trailer for this. I'd seen a, a teaser. I a saw while one back. theatrical trailer for this. And then I know Eni sent us in the group chat or in the Discord server, one or the other. You can join our Discord server three dollars to uh, patreon.com slash thing tonight. Um she had shared it and I actually remember being like I don't even know if I'm going to see this one uh, <coughs> you know it's definitely not I'm not the target audience I, uh, I'm i glad they're making it I might be a little over Lin-Manuel Miranda though I don't know if I can if I can do this and um, I'm very glad I didn't follow through with that plan but yeah. I didn't watch any trailers or anything like, I, I, I allowed myself to build no hype and the only reason I went and saw it was because I wanted to take my nieces to a movie and they're from Bolivia well they're half Bolivian and uh, this movie was in Spanish yeah that's totally fair um, anyway you were saying where does this rank so where does this rank like so i was having this conversation earlier and somebody was like well is it better than zootopia and i was like yes it is better than zootopia and they were like well is tangled better than zootopia and i was like uh yes tangled is better than zootopia uh we're talking about different classes of film at this stage like I would put this in the same category as like Frozen, Tangled, like proper Disney musicals. Zootopia is a great animated movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's got a Shakira song in the middle of it. It's right. Like it's not the best version of Turbo, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could, Zootopia could have been made by literally anybody. Right. It's great. Don't get like literally don't get me wrong. I love Zootopia. Jason Bateman. Uh, who does Judy Hopps? Uh, oh, God. I can't remember. Yeah, I have to find out. <clears throat> dumb Bunny Sly Fox. I am not a dumb bunny yeah and that's not what cement zootopia is great right but it, yeah, yeah it is a jason bateman like comedy thriller right <laughs> this is what jennifer would have formerly goodwin. been referred to as a princess movie <clears throat> jennifer goodwin is judy hops mm, who is that um you would recognize her but she was in big love she was i don't know what big love is she was snow white in once upon a time uh she was in he's just not that into you uh which i don't know why that has like bradley cooper and 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 Scarlett Johansson and who all's in this? Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Connelly, Kevin Cannoli. Okay, you can stop naming people that were in She's Just Not That Into You. He's Just Not That Into You. I get the point. Uh, Jennifer with a G. Weird. Jennifer. I do know who this is, yeah. She's the girl from Once Upon a Time. She was like the lead. Sure, I've never seen that show. Oh, you never seen that show? No. Why uh, would I have seen that show? I don't know. I I, I feel like that was a show where, and it, it, listen, at me, if Once Upon a Time is worth my time, I actually want to hear your Once Upon a Time opinions. Uh, but I thought that was going to be a show where I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is when this, it's network, but I'll get through this kind of cringy network part of it and I'll enjoy it. They got a bunch of cool characters that show up in it. And uh, I just couldn't get past season one. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the, she's in something borrowed. Okay, it doesn't Classic. matter. She's not in this movie. She's a Mona Lisa smile. Why are you still talking about Jennifer Goodwin? Uh, I just can't believe that. I thought it was Amy Poehler or something. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was somebody famous. I mean, she's pretty famous. She was in Big Love. He's just not that into you. Something Borrowed. The Final Battle Part 2. Walk the Line. Heart of Darkness. Strange Case. Snow Falls. The Song in Your Heart. Witch Hunt. Why Women Kill. Mona Lisa Smile. Wish You Were Here. Heartless. 7.15 a.m. Mona Lisa Ariel. smile. <laughs> the queen is dead. <laughs> she went to the 61st and 64th primetime Emmy Awards. Uh, I mean, she is famous. She was in Zootopia. She's yeah, a Disney she, princess. Judy Hopps is not a princess. Why? She was a Disney Why not? Uh, well, she was. A She's Disney more princess. Disney princess than fucking Merida. She's Snow White, um, which makes her pretty 
pretty heavily a Disney princess. She's more a Disney princess than Merida. She was at least in a Disney movie. Brave socks. Sorry. You don't like Just Brave? gotta bring that up. No, I don't like Brave at all. You're not a big Brave guy? That's not a, a big Disney Brave movie. guy. What? That's a Disney movie. No, it's a Pixar movie. Uh, okay, so I do want to talk about Once Upon a Time real quick. So Why? Uh, there's a character in Once Upon a Time, uh, Rumpelstiltskin, or Mr. Gold, or Weaver, uh, are, the, are the names that this character goes by. He's played by Robert Carlyle, who... I thought was Matt Mercer up till this moment. Like Matt Mercer from Critical Role? Yeah. Okay. Matt Mercer's an actor. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. Not on network television. Yes, isn't he? I don't think so. Yeah. He's on American Dad, Alexandria Unlimited, uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, Attack Blood on Titan is Zeus, an anime. Family Guy, Sword Art Online, a lot of animes. Uh, <laughs> um, he voices Morgan Stark in Marvel's Iron Man V. Uh, what? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> it does. It looks like his his uh, biggest work is obviously Critical Role, but in addition to that, uh, he does a lot of anime voices and uh, video game voices. Here, this is a fun game. I'll, I'll actually I'll, forget your fun game. I have something more fun. I want to talk to you about. Okay. We have a new project, Ethan. <laughs> What? We're going to do this for the hash browns and we're going to submit it. I was browsing LinkedIn today. Okay. On accident. I was looking for tags to follow because I like to use LinkedIn at work. And uh, I think that's normal and appropriate, right? Like for me to, yeah, I would th say that that's normal and appropriate. Um, but I like to follow tags on LinkedIn for stuff that's like sort of pseudo interest. Um, and so one thing that you know that I'm a big fan of is the National Football League. So I kind of like to watch like what's the business side of the league. So I'll follow tags like hashtag National Football League, hashtag Washington Football Team, hashtag NFL, stuff like that. Well, today I was looking to add the NFL tag. And so I just Googled, or not Googled, I LinkedIn searched NFL and it wouldn't let me apply the tag. I don't know why it's not letting me add new tags to my search. This is one of the biggest problems with LinkedIn. Anyway, I got job results. I don't want to work for the National Football League. I like my job. I'm good there. Uh, but the top result for job is a podcast that will pay us $100 a game total. So 50 bucks each to do NFL color commentary. Okay. That's what we're doing. Okay. Not for like my career or anything, but we're totally doing this. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, listen to this. Listen to this. Colorcast is looking for a talented sports commentator, journalist, comedian, personality to commentate audio only on NFL games as they happen. Yes. This is your shot to be Colorcast's featured commentator during NFL games for the next several weeks of the season. The pay is $100 total per game. If you make the cut, if you think you have what it takes, please submit your resume and include a sample of you and your co-host. If, applicable chopping it up about sports we'd love to get a feel for your style whether we think you connect with our audience i don't mean to like blow this out of proportion or anything because they're paying us a hundred dollars but is there anything we've ever been more qualified for as a pair anything of people i've ever been more qualified for so this is my proposal listener if you aren't a subscriber to our hash browns which is the show after the show podcast today on the hash browns ethan and i are going to do color commentary for the final football game in Remember the Titans. Sounds good. And that's going to be it. And then we're going to submit that to these people. <laughs> <coughs> and uh yeah i i'm i'm i think what were you saying you had a game yeah i i want you to tell me the actress okay without without i picked a random person okay and i'm gonna list their imdb credits <laughs> can you give me some top build to to make it easier or are you just gonna go like random top build i'll give you I'll give you three, okay? Will I know who this person is? Uh, maybe. That's a great question. Okay. Did you know who Jennifer Goodridge is? No. I don't even remember her name. If you said, um, if you, this is how I would have gotten back to Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, 
if you were like she was the main character in Once Upon a Time or she was in Once Upon a Time and something else, I would have been like, oh, she's Cameron from House, which is not true. But that's who I would have associated it with. <laughs> Uh, she was in Die Another Day, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, and Jack Reacher. Um, oh, gosh. She was also in uh, The Informer, and she was in Radioactive. Uh-uh. She was in, she's in Wheel of Time. Oh. Um. She was in Fracture. She was in The Libertine. She was in A Rather English Marriage. <laughs> um, I mean, the only actress I can think of that I know is in Pride and Prejudice, which is the only one of these movies I can pinpoint anyone from is is uh what's her name elizabeth swan Kara um, knightley it is not Kara knightley uh, she was in gone girl is she the lead in gone girl she is the lead in gone girl okay what is that woman's that. name tyler i don't know that woman's name <laughs> rosamund pike rosamund pike i will tell you this anna kendrick was in that movie with blake lively uh and henry golding that was like gone girl but amazing well gone girl was amazing but but like also amazing what, uh, what is this hang on say it again what was it what was it blake Lively. she was gonna have the fewest credits since this she she's like lively i don't think she does much actor actressing anymore um well her husband does enough uh, everything for the both of them a simple favor is what i'm thinking of. you in that movie love that movie also you think about it all the time because there's a uh like the blog post for it, I think, is on our, like, towards the top of our uh, Google Drive, because it's a simple favor. Because I haven't brought this movie up in a long time. You bring it up all the time, though. You bring it up more than is due this movie that I've never seen. I was pretty And I've only heard it. of because of you. You should watch it. I think you'd watch it and you'd be like, you know what? I would talk about this all the time, too. There's no way and it's better than Gone Girl. Andrew Rand I didn't say it was better than Gone Girl. You said it's like Gone Girl, but amazing. Well, Gone Girl is also amazing, but this is amazing in a different way. I think if you watch this, you'd be like, you know what? I would describe that as Gone Girl, but amazing. Yeah, but I really like Gone Girl. I do, too. I think my issue with Gone Girl is that, and I don't even know if this is true. My issue with Gone Girl is that it's like 45 hours long. It's not. It's like a pretty standard movie length. There are very few movies that are 45 hours long. It's two and a half hours. I don't know that I'd call that very standard. Um, I mean, you love the MCU. Those are all way too long. I do love the MCU. Those are all way too long. This is why Encanto is so good, because it's an hour and 49 minutes. Is it really even that long? That, it got, yeah. that has to include the short. I don't think it does. That has to include the short. There's no way, because I was like, I got home at like 6.24. Movie was at 5. 15. Movie was a 4.15. Ah. You left work early to go to a movie? I sure did. Were your bosses mad? Uh, one of them wasn't there, and the other one, no, because I'm a uh, 1099 employee. When are we watching Sing 2? I'm glad you brought this up, Tyler. Who made that? Illuminations? I think so, yeah. They would have to call me up right now and offer me to, to offer to send me a check for $5,000 to get me to see that movie. Really? I'm so tired of Sing 2. I've seen at least one preview for Sing 2 at every movie I've been to since I started going back to movies in May or June so or this whatever. So this is a true story about Sing 2. It was supposed to come out December 25th, 2020. That's Christmas Day a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and then they delayed it to July 2nd, 2021, and then delayed it again to December 22nd, 2021, uh, because they wanted to accommodate Minions, the rise of Gru. Uh, so, yeah. Look, here's the thing. I didn't see Sing 1. It looked fine. Um, I'm not really interested in the whole, like, jukebox musical aspect of it. Okay, go on. But, like, literally, from the time I... Whenever uh, whenever In the Heights came out, it was the first movie I saw back in theaters. I have seen at least one trailer for Sing 2 at every single movie I've been to, regardless of rating regardless of studio made by. And a lot of them Sing have also had like the the freaking like, uh, make sure to silence your cell phones and also watch Sing 2 trailer. So Sing 2, maybe, let's think about it this way. Halsey's in it. Okay. Taron Edgerton's in it. Tori Kelly's in it. Sean Mendes is in it, I think. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright's cool. Bono's in it. Is he? Like as a voice yeah. actor? Yeah. Does he no, click out? Bono's Cal in it as Bono. 
Bono's yeah, in it as Bono. What? No, Bono's in it as Clay Calloway. Okay. Clay Calloway, the, the originator of I still haven't found what I'm looking for by you two. Is that how have you not how do you not know this? How do you not know the entire plot of Sing Two by now? <laughs> how have you not seen five hundred trailers for Sing Two? Uh I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who Tori Kelly is either. Me either. I don't think she matters. Oh, okay. Uh, all I know is Bono's in it. I know that when I watch the preview, I'm like, this is a serious butt freaking movie. They are pulling out all the illumination stops. There will be no minions in this. This is a movie that will make children cry. Yeah. In like a mean way. Like a character will get bullied on screen in a mean way. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And then Hall he comes out and yeah it's just it. rock of ages with animated animals are you telling me clay calloway it's like you slammed zootopia and rock of ages together into one cluster f of a movie it does have taron edgerton in it though and that's always a good sign you didn't even like the second kingsman movie that's true i didn't I still don't as soon as you said it i thought about the meat grinder scene and i was like nah, no 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 this isn't for me yeah sometimes i think about the phrase viva las vegan in my head and it pisses me off <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I will be there for with bells on for the new one. For, for the Kingsman? For the Kingsman, for the Kingsman yeah. The Kingsman, yeah. Oh, yeah. With Jaiman oh, Hansu. Yeah. One day we should cover Never Back Down on this podcast. I don't know how I've seen that movie as many times as I have. I'm very scared to revisit it now that I'm not a high schooler. Uh, let me let me check that bad boy out. Because that's one of those ones where I truly don't know that I could handle it being bad. Like, I'm not sure my <laughs> mental state could accept that movie sucking. Did you know that there's a sequel? Is there? Never back, there's, never back up. There's two sequels. Never back left and right. Never back down to All Saints down. Day. The beat down. Never and back down to the beat down. And then never back down. No surrender. Uh, the the original dude not in any of the Cam Gigande from Twilight. No, not Cam Gigande. Uh, twenty three percent on never back down. Oof. Uh, <coughs> lay oof. Uh, Sean Ferris playing Jake Tyler. Jake Tyler. Amber Heard as Baja Miller. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know that I can handle this movie being terrible. <laughs> I want you to listen to these names. Not only is Amber Heard playing Baja Miller, Cam Gigande is playing Ryan McDonald. You heard that right. Amber Heard's character is named after a beverage at Taco Bell. Cam Gigande's character is literally McDonald's. Did Baja Blast even exist when that movie came out? Evan Peters is in this. Do you? Every time I see Evan Peters in anything, I think about Never Back Down. Who is Evan Peters? Like, you don't know who Evan Peters is, or you don't know who Evan Peters yeah, is? Yeah, who, who is Evan Peters? He's uh, Ralph Boner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. Yeah. Gotcha. We should watch this movie. Never back down? Yeah. I'm scared. <laughs> he shows up at a party, right? It's 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 Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. It's the same exact story. Uh, where, like, he gets into a fight at a football game or something, and then yeah. his mom's like, you got to go live with your deadbeat dad. His deadbeat dad's like, you want to join a fight club? <laughs> <laughs> no, he goes to a high school party and like everybody's drinking and like it's a ton of people and then they're like but the real party's back here and it's like on this deck below the pool deck and everybody's just beating the shit out of each other <laughs> Uh, never give up never back down have you seen the video the tiktok where the guy lists his favorite sherlock holmes adaptation and number four is house yeah that's that's uh Mousseau. huh the guy that does that he's like i've followed him for like oh. years uh well he's year yeah i uh, guess I, yeah. I just i had never thought about that before i like i like him saying that gave me deja vu where i was like i figured this out in the past 
and then I forgot it, and now I know it again. Yeah, it, like, he said that, and I was like, oh. Oh. House and Wilson. Yeah. Holmes and Watson. Yeah. I like that the play on that is that, like, Wilson is a doctor, but that obviously doesn't work, because they're both doctors. So instead, House is, like, a not real- A not real doctor. Su- not real doctor, and Wilson is a cancer doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like a super doctor. <laughs> and House is the one who limps because he got shot. Yeah. That was a good freaking show. It's a good freaking show. It may have ended terribly. I have no idea. I refuse to, to find out. I imagine that it, it got off the rails. It was never really on the rails. Yeah. It, it flirted constantly with being the worst, but it was always yeah. the best. Cam Gigande. All right. So tell me about Encanto, you- Tyler. What? How tall do you think Cam Gigande is? Cam Gigande is uh, five foot five, five eleven. Mm. Taller than you expected. Taller than I would have expected. Yeah, Cam Gigande from Twilight. How old do you think Amber Heard is? I don't care. She's a piece of garbage. That's the truth. She was born in 1986. I would have thought she was older than that. Uh, I guess that makes her 35. I'm old. Tell me about Encanto. I love the crap out of this movie. I literally Ow. have been singing the songs constantly. Fart buckets. Fart buckets, indeed. I just I will dropped see a pad. Lock on my foot. That hurt really bad. Hey, you should see if you can unlock it. I mean, I, I have a key. Without the key. Okay. Hawkeye style. It is currently locked. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You have this much space while it's latched to a chain link fence? I mean, no. Th- then the fence is holding it, so I don't have to hold it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on, no. That's not what I want. I want to describe this to the listener. This is my NFL color commentary. And so he goes in with the lock pick. He's picking the picks. He's got one. He's got three. He's got four. He comes back to two. And oh, he doesn't have it. Oh, man. Man, we're not going to give it far if you don't know what color commentary is. I guess, yeah. That's play, play by play. play. By play right. right, yeah. I need to do color. Well, we're going to do color and play by play. That's now, here's a guy who really knows how to open a lock. <laughs> right. There we go. He opened it. Now, back in 1996, when Hang he got on. his Hang first no, lock. It is not opened. Hang on. That's super embarrassing. That kind of reminds me of, if you remember, the, the Seattle Seahawks have a tendency to be on the two-yard line, and instead of handing the ball off to run it in, they throw an interception. Happened just last night in the Washington football team game. Uh, Washington football team, greatest team in all the land. A uh, uh, touchdown totally robbed from Logan Thomas, who, if you don't know, has very large hands. Uh, it was Who they was talking about the large hands with? I don't remember. Was it Danny Aiken or something, or was that the dude that went to our high school? I don't remember. It was not Danny Aiken. Uh, now, D- D- Logan Thomas is six foot six inches tall 250 pounds they actually had him playing quarterback at virginia tech can you believe that (laughs) that's how chris collinsworth tells that story every time that is a bad chris collinsworth impression no that was so good no it wasn't all right you 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 tell me chris collinsworth logan thomas touchdown how does he tell the story hold on i gotta get in my i gotta get in the collinsworth voice in my head So you got to start with now here's a guy. That's his catchphrase. Now here's a guy, former college quarterback, really found his way in the league in a new position, playing tight end for the Washington football team of all places. A team that has severely struggled with quarterbacks in the past and maybe could have used a little bit of old Virginia Tech flair from Thomas. Scoring a touchdown here on this play. Fantastic drive. There's a guy who really knows how to get the ball in his own hands. No, see, I don't think you got the right. There's a lot more. It's down here more. It is. It is lower, but it's not gravelly. It's not gravelly, but it is. It's down there. He's not Chris Barman. What about? No, that would be amazing. What about if like Colin Cowherd? Hold on. Hold on. Stop the truncate silence. This is how you do Colin Cowherd. Ohio State football. This is a team that loses to Michigan. Jim Harbaugh has no place in That was a better Collinsworth than your Collinsworth was. (laughs) But the Colin Cowherd, the whole thing is the spacing. no, No place in football. Is, is, it's is, almost is, the it's almost the same as the Warburton voice. Yeah. Now here's but a he's guy. got more. Here's a guy. Let, 
he's more direct more conversational. Yeah. He's more he's had a couple more bourbons. Yeah. Uh, no, here's a guy. Knows how to really play a football game. Now Taylor Heineke, he's a small guy and he had problems overthrowing it early on, but now he's really finding his own, making safe passes here in the league. And yeah, you know, he set all the records at Old Dominion, but that was back when they were an FBS school. Actually, I think it was right when they switched, but whatever. A lot of our listeners have no idea who who we're talking about. <laughs> Logan Thomas, Taylor Heineke, Chris Collinsworth, no idea. I mean, I'm not going to talk about like Aaron Rodgers and give Joe Rogan credit. That's absolutely not. Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan doesn't know who Taylor Heineke is. What? Oh, you didn't hear about Aaron Rodgers? And Joe Rogan? Yeah. No. When he had COVID and he was like, yeah, I was taking ivermectin because my friend Joe Oh, Rogan yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. I haven't been listening yeah. to Aaron Rodgers lately. He's been pissing me off. <laughs> Uh, For Troy Aikman, I'm Joe Buck, and I am an asshole. I'm the worst commentator that's ever commentated any sport. I will say this. I don't know who does Monday Night Football. I don't know who was calling the game last night. They have never, ever given Washington that much credit for anything. They were, like, talking about the city. They were talking about, like, the history of FedEx Field, which, like, what history? Uh, they were talking about, like, I loved running around Washington. They were talking about player histories and... Typically, when I watch a game and it's the 1 p.m. Sunday game on a B-list network giving me their C-list staff, they're like, they're like, they they are strictly giving me play-by-play. Yeah. But last night there was graphics. There was oh, it was so good. I did not realize how good a broadcast could be. Yeah, Monday Night Football. I don't remember who does it. It's ESPN, right? Still. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was ESPN. Yeah, so it's a whole different crew than does the rest of the games. Yeah. Because they got Booger in there. Yeah. Booger's was... the big fat black guy that sits on the on the scissor lift. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was a it, like they had the stats were good. The it was amazing. The, even like the sideline reporting was better. I was very surprised at how good the the broadcast. I'm also a little surprised that we never get to play Monday night football. We do play the Cowboys twice a year. I think one of those games should be made a big deal. <coughs> well, you and Dallas both kind of suck. So, uh, Dallas sucks. I know that much. Washington sucks. It's ten twenty one p.m. on a on a on a Tuesday, and Dallas still sucks. Dallas does still suck. That's for sure. You know who sucks this year? The Detroit Lions. They are huh? defeated. <laughs> They're not defeated. They have a tie. They have a tie. They have a tie. They're not going to go zero sixteen. I think zero and fifteen or zero and sixteen and one. Zero sixteen. Yeah, they are going to go zero and sixteen. Yeah, zero and sixteen and one in the first seventeen game season is the saddest record you could have. (laughs) I think the only thing worse would be like zero and fifteen and two. (laughs) Hey, there's still time. I guess there is. Yeah, their last game of the season is against the Green Bay Packers, who will probably have clinched a playoff spot by then. So yeah, but it's a division game. So like division games. Yeah, but anything could happen. Especially if they pull all a Raj out. That's what I'm saying. It's like anything can happen. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. There's a, another tie is possible. I feel, I, feel, I feel like we could send this commentary over. I could do my best Bob Mennery impression. No, I, oh, listen, Pat McAfee is the answer to sports broadcasting. Bob Mennery is not. No, listen, here's a fucking football player, man. Here's what I'm going to tell you about the game. Of, wow, this guy blasts his head open in the football game. Bob Mennery is, what? what's the joke is that it's rob riggle calling games it's rob yeah basically and then he cusses yeah but he's it's like it's not rob riggle it's a guy pretending to be it's a guy pretending to be rob riggle i i hate the bit it is my least yeah the other day there was a tiktok i believe of joe buck doing his bob mentary impression and i literally wanted to delete the tiktok app (laughs) i hate joe buck I don't know who Joe Buck is. Yeah, you do. Do I? Yeah, you do. He's Troy Aikman's partner. Is he married to Amber Heard? No. no. Joe Buck. He's married to Michelle Beisner Buck. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. She was the ESPN reporter, but she was also an NFL cheerleader. I'm not worried about who his wife is. I don't like it when... This makes me a little uncomfortable. 
I, I know why they do it because like whenever anybody anybody mentions JJ Reddick, I'm like, hey, he went to my high school. Uh, but I looked up Michelle Beisner Buck and like the fact that I know that she went to Green Mountain High School, I don't need to know that. Why would I need to know that? Here, I'm sending Is you the video. Is it even in Vermont? It's in freaking Lakewood, Colorado. I'm sending you the video of Joe Buck doing the 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 Bob Mennery impression and I wanted to die. I hate that. Yeah. Also, Bob Mennery does not look like what does I Does not look like what I expected him to look like at all. No, he's got like a groomed beard. Yeah. I would expect no beard. Ah. Yeah, Pat McAfee is the answer to sports commentating. Yes. Put McAfee and Romo together on a team and let's go. Yeah, that is the future of NFL commentary. McAfee, it, it, McAfee and Manning. Manning give is me what that. I was going to say. That was the other give thing. Give me that. Give me, give me Pat and the Sheriff together. Yeah. Hey, give me Pat and Cooper. No, I want Peyton. Yeah, I, I want Eli Co to have nothing. Cooper's like I a Cooper's Eli. like an oil magnate. I want Eli to have nothing is what I want. Cooper's also got a kid in college or in high school who's like supposed to be better than Peyton ever was. Yes. His numbers are crazy. Also, also think about this, Ethan. Oh no, Eli Manning's house burned down. Incidentally, so did his insurance company. Oh no, I don't have Allstate. Actually, I think I do. What? But like, what are you talking about? If Eli Manning's house burned down and his rings were lost, and then his insurance company also burned. Oh down. no, he earned those rings. He deserves those rings. No, I don't. I don't think so. anybody's ever deserved those rings more. <laughs> You don't know about the dynasty? I mean, he's like the only person to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, so... in During the dynasty. That's what the dynasty's about, was that they went four times with roughly the same team and won three of them. Yeah. And and they lost to Eli Manning. Twice. Not during that period. No, not during like, that period of time, that, but twice. later on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, let's, uh, let's end the episode. Let's end the episode so that we can get to the Browns. All right, uh, I gotta do not the, listener scores. Yeah. Also, so last week you gave me a listener score for, uh, uh, this was my fault. Um, maybe it wasn't last week, maybe it was a week before. I don't know. Whenever we last recorded, you gave me a listener score. And I think you gave me the like bacon and eggs listener score. And I just put that in as like the final score, um, for that awful movie we watched. Red Notice. Okay. There's one let you know that it's wrong. Your the, the score that you put in is wrong or the listener score is wrong? The score that I put in is wrong. Okay. But just to recap, I gave this a 96, Ethan an 85, Rotten Tomatoes a 92, Metacritic a 75, Rotten Tomatoes audience a 93, and the Bacon and Eggs listener score. Um, Tyler, I don't know how to tell you this, man. Is it a clean hundo? It is a clean hundo. <laughs> I thought it would be. It is, uh, a, it is a clean hundo. That brings the Bacon and Eggs, list, or Bacon and Eggs score to a 92 0.45, which obviously rounds down to a 92, uh, which puts it just below School of Rock. Neat. Actually, significantly below School of Rock. Uh, School of Rock getting a, a 94, 93.6 rounded up. Uh, let's, so give me some, uh, let, can we fix the the Red Notice score? Uh, so the listeners, our listeners gave it a 63. Well, let me copy this over. This was Encanto. Copy this. Uh, Red Notice is a 35 critic rating and a 92% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, 64 bacon and eggs. Uh, 37 on Metacritic. 37 on Metacritic. I think I gave it an 18 and you get a 15. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, that brings it to a 35.95 or a 36 total um, bacon and eggs score. I thought it was something was off when you did it last time. Yeah. Uh, which puts it a little bit behind Eternals, which got a 71 bacon <laughs> <ice> score. <laughs> big gap. Big hole. Big hole. Big, big something going on there. Uh, so a lot of opportunity for us to fill that in. Do you want to watch It's a Wonderful Life for Bacon and Eggs? Again. No. Me neither. <laughs> Fucking stupid. What a dumb idea. I want to watch different Christmas movies. Um, do you know what you want to watch? Not off the top of my head yet. Have you watched... Uh, it's a Netflix film, and it's called uh, The Christmas Wedding Planner. No, I have not. Mm. Well, that's where you're missing out, bud. 
Okay. Have you watched White Christmas? No. Well, that's where you're missing out. I think we are talking about different things. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that that, uh, that is, uh, I'm just uh, letting you know. That's where you're missing out there, bud. Have you seen, uh, what's the one with the with the Red Rider BB gun? A Christmas Story? Yeah. Have More than any one? other movie in the entire world, I have seen A Christmas Story. I don't know that I've ever seen the whole thing. Well, maybe we'll cover know that it. this year. I know it, right? Like, I want a Red Rider. You'll shit your eye out. Uh, you got his tongue stuck to the pole. Like, I, okay, I got the beats. But like, I don't, I think that's all the details I know from that story. I know there's a slide and he like goes down at face first. And I know the kid that plays, the kid that's going to shoot his eye out is in Elf as one of the elves. No. No? No, he's the dad. He's not the dad in Elf. Wait, what? No, hang on. I'm confused. No. Yes, you're right. Maybe? Huh? Hang on. Never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. I got two things confused. All right. <coughs> anyway. anyway um, that's all I've got. Uh, Arriva Derch, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah, so our graphics are by Vaishon Brandon, Vaishon Designs on Instagram, and our music by Andrew Scott Bell, andrewscottbellmusic.com. Uh, you can find both those links in the description, as well as a link to WBNE.org, where you can find all the rest of our great podcasts on the WBNE Podcast Network. And you should check out Sincerely Us with our wonderful musical theater hosts, uh, Becca Eddowes and Ines Fuenmayor. And uh, on behalf of those two, there's a preview right here. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eenie, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan join us every wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and on wbne.org and on behalf of tyler carlin i've been ethan edgehill this is bacon and eggs and until next time adios all right guys where do i drop the wagon